Thanks for downloading this show from PC1. Before we get rolling, here's a word from one of the folks who helped bring you this podcast. The following program is a podcast1.com production. Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. Clark.com slash ask is where you can ask a question, and you can ask for advice off the air. We provide that for free, nine hours every weekday. You can talk with a member of Team Clark. We've been doing it for just under a quarter century. So if you go to Clark.com, go about halfway down the page, you'll see how to get the off-air advice, what hours it's available, how to contact us. So I was all excited sharing with you about six weeks ago that something that has been delayed and delayed and delayed since last decade was finally taking place. And it was where you would know when you went to a chain restaurant, any restaurant that's 20 or more locations in the country, you would know how many calories were in the food on the menu. You go to the supermarket, and every package good you see, it tells you about the calorie count of the food and other nutritional things about it. And that way you can make an informed decision. A lot of people, when you go to eat out, you're not interested in what the calorie counts are. You're treating yourself. But then there are others that eat out almost every meal. And so having access to the information, if you want to use it, is great. You may be aware I am opposed to government banning stuff, like the weird stuff that the former mayor of New York tried to do with soft drinks. But the idea of you having the information to make a decision on love. And a number of chains prior to the rules coming into place for calorie disclosure already had done so. Years ago, Panera Bread started doing it, and McDonald's started doing it, and other national chains were making it happen. But just before the new rules were taking effect, right at the 12th hour because of some typical Washington insider stuff where an influential owner of a pizza chain was able to get the rules suspended. And why would a pizza chain be all over that? Because, well, let's face it, pizza has a lot of calories. Typical slice of pizza a slice will have 750 calories. That's a big number. I love pizza. I eat pizza. Not a lot. Gosh, when I was young, I used to be able to wipe out a whole pizza by myself. Today, if I ate a whole pizza by myself and did that once a week, I'd be like 900 pounds or something. But I'll eat a slice And I'm fine with that. And I'm also fine with the fact that most people ignore the calorie counts that, you know, some jurisdictions in the country, they're already required. And so if you live in one of those areas, it's old hat to you that you have the calorie counts. 
And maybe they influence your behavior, maybe they don't. They absolutely influence my behavior. I'll give you an example. I love the sausage McMuffin with egg at McDonald's. But I don't eat it anymore. Why? Because it's 450 calories. On the other hand, the Egg McMuffin is 300 calories. So I have that. I don't like it as much as a sausage muffin with egg, but the 150 calorie difference, 50% more calories, that changed what I do. I was surprised at a bagel shop recently that the sesame bagel that I was going to order had quite a few more calories than the cinnamon raisin. So I got cinnamon raisin. That was me looking at the board and making a change. That's my thing. Give me the information and then let me make a decision. And if the information is not relevant to me, at least it's there if I want it. Harold is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Harold. Hey, Clark. How are you doing? Great. Thank you, Harold. How can I serve you? Well, Clark, I'm kind of in a dilemma. Me and my wife love listening to you and listening to you for years, following your advice and now I'm getting to the retirement age and just want to do some things uh, financially as far as and get your advice on as far as buying uh, some new vehicles and paying cash for them. Well, a tiny percent of people pay cash for a car. It's a very, very rare thing. And you should feel really great that you're in a position that if you wish to pay cash for a car. What kind of cars do you have now? My wife's car is 15 years old. She loves it. 15 and, uh, i love yeah, that and my car is 13 years old but i have over two hundred twenty thousand miles on it plus i'm doing a little commute every day and driving back and forth to columbus ohio so that's a lot of wear and tear but we keep them in good condition we get you know all changes tire you know new tires and so forth and so on and so you've gotten to the to- point you need to to retire one of the cars that's a teenager <laughs> yes sir and preferably her, since it's the oldest, because it's starting in nickel and diamonds, and I had to put $500 in it last week on some ball bearings for the wheel. So, And at, yeah. at 15 years old, probably it's really marginal whether you should spend anything on it at this point. Absolutely, absolutely. So are you thinking of buying brand new or just new to you? Brand new. Okay. She, she like, I like the new smell car, and she does too. And what have and, you decided you want to buy? She's driving a 2000 Nissan Xterra, and that's what she wants now, a a brand-new Nissan Xterra. No frills, no thrills, just, you know, that's that's what she likes, and that's what she wants. Great. How can I help? Is that a good move? Should we pay for it in cash? I mean, we hear all the time that you you drive them up the lot. Yeah. The, The thing right now, are you a member of a credit union? Yes, sir, I am. And do you have great credit? Matter of fact, my credit score is, last time we checked was uh, 839. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic, yeah. you know. And my wife's it was like 842 or 840 something. But wow. yeah, we've, uh, we've lived within our means. Our house is paid for. We have no debt. So the cash you have that you would use to pay for the new Xterra. What is the um, what's it doing right now? Is it sitting in a savings account, earning zero point whatever? Sitting in savings, earning nothing. 
Okay. So that would say, yeah, if you want to pay cash for the Xterra, you could pay cash for it. That would be okay. just fine. And you could borrow money as a member of a credit union. You could borrow money with your credit score somewhere between one and a half and two and a half percent. Yeah, but Clark, we don't like writing bills. We, we don't. We not, We have no credit. Haven't had a uh, payment of any sort in years. We never use our credit cards. We just buy, make a purchase and pay it off once a, say every two or three months, and uh, that's the way we like. We know, you know, and we putting us in this situation has given us a, a sense of, uh, of relief and knowing that uh, uh, we. We, anything we want, we can go out and purchase and don't have to worry about it. Well, then, if you want to, just write that check. I will. Now, Harold, as far as buying an Xterra, I want you to look, if you don't mind, to buy it online, to at least get a good price quote and deal with dealers only online where what you're doing at the dealer is simply taking delivery. Okay. And I have a number of websites I'd like for you to look at First, I'll ask you, are you a, a USAA member? Yes, I am. So USAA, if you sign into your USAA web portal, they offer under their services a car buying program, and it's excellent. And I look into it. I would recommend that you, you could do absolutely great buying that car through USAA, and I'd like to thank you so much for your service to our country. Which branch of the military were you in? United States Air Force, 33 years. Wow. Wow. Good for you, and thank you for what you did for us. Thank you for what you do for all of us, Clark. So let USAA drive this thing for you. I will. When you website already. When you get the quotes from them, those quotes are what they call target prices or estimates, Uh but they'll be very close to what you'll end up paying within maybe $50 what you'll end up paying for the Xterra buying through them, and you eliminate all the hassles. Hey, I appreciate it, Clark. Okay, and congratulations to you living a debt-free lifestyle. Chad's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Chad. Hi, how are you doing? Great, thank you, Chad. How can I be of service to you? Well, the reason why I was calling is actually you were the first person I thought to call to ask this question is I, I was looking at my EOB uh, recently from going to the chiropractor. Evan, then, uh, explanation of benefits. Right. Yeah. And uh, and when I was looking on there, I noticed that it had like the initial price, which was, I think, like $180. And then uh, there was another column. Of course, they had my copay, which was like $20. And then um, and there was this part about uh, a network savings. And I didn't really understand what that was. I was like, you know, I was thinking, you know, is that part of the reason why uh, you know, doctors charge so much for their visits. You know, is this hundred dollars going to them so they you know jack up the rate so they can get more money from the insurance company? Or well, the or way it like plays that. is that a doctor, a facility, a hospital, whatever, will have list prices, and very few people pay those list prices. And when a provider is in network, quote unquote, in network, they have supposedly been in a negotiation with the insurer or the HMO or PPO or whatever on what they will agree to take to see you as an in-network provider. But it's really more the insurance company telling them what they'll pay and what the the price is going to be 
if they're an in-network provider. It's different if, if I'm the giant hospital system or medical center system. It is truly a knockdown, dragout negotiation between the hospital and the insurer. On the other hand, when it's your chiropractor, your chiropractor is given two choices. Do you want to be in our network or not in our network? And if they say, yes, I'll be in the network, then they're told what their fee structure will be taking somebody in network. Oh, okay. So it sounds like sounds like maybe that the chiropractor also, I guess, creates their own prices maybe based on whether or not they're going to be in or out of network. Exactly. So okay. I go in and I'm out of network, then that is the price. But as a practical matter, most people who go see a provider who have insurance go first from the list of in-network because you don't want the surprise of what you might have to pay out of pocket. Because in addition to your $20 copay, if you go to see somebody out of network, the portion that the insurer will pay is usually reduced of the visit, and the portion you have to pay is based on the much higher list price rather than the negotiated in network price oh okay well i appreciate that uh, that helps a lot and for me to understand that by the way no matter what is listed in your um, insurer's system saying that somebody's in network when you become a new patient at a facility if you haven't been there for a while make sure that they are actually truly still in network because that can be a big shock to your wallet when it turns out you thought they were in-network and they turn out not to be an in-network provider. Today's Clark Rageous moment is about you, maybe. It's something that I find quite distressing, and I want to hit you right between the eyes with some new stats that I want you to think through. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Regis moment. The average American, the average individual adult American, now has non-mortgage debt, in other words, nothing to do with the house, of $37,000. Credit cards, that kind of thing. And one in 10 Americans have more than $100,000 in debt without counting a mortgage. according to new data from the Federal Reserve. And the reality, when you have debt like that, how do you get ahead? It's really hard. And it's so easy. We make it so easy in our country to add debt on top of debt on top of debt. And something hit me hard when I was at an event that was a financial education program for kids that was really slick and glossy and all that. And what I realized while I was there was everything that was being taught was about spending money. Nothing was about saving or investing at all. That it was about taking, how does a credit card work? How does a car loan work? How does a mortgage work? All great stuff for people to know. But nothing was about saving and investing. We have a mentality 
in our country that you just borrow for what you want. The problem with it is the anxiety it causes, the insecurity that results. And because we now live in a society where jobs come and go and even successful companies will report record profits and the next week lay off thousands, you never know how secure your job is. And so to live a life where you owe money and then you don't know how long your paychecks are going to come, that's, that's too upsetting. That's too much of putting uncertainty in your life. So it's up to you. It's just, for me, as somebody who despises debt, it's very hard for me to deal with those numbers. Again, average individual debt, non-mortgage, 37000 and one in 10 people having over $100,000 of consumer debt, those numbers, Clark Rages. Okay, here are some really surprising car facts for you. In Churchill, Canada, residents leave their cars unlocked. That's in case someone needs to escape a polar bear. It's true. And in Sweden, drivers are required by law to keep their headlights on at all times. Day, night, rain, sunshine, doesn't matter. And now, here's another interesting and actually helpful thing about cars that you might not know. TrueCar also helps people get used cars. That's right. TrueCar isn't just for new cars. Their certified dealer network also has an inventory of over 700,000 pre-owned cars nationwide. So whether you're looking for a new or used car, you can get real pricing on actual inventory and a better buying experience through the TrueCar certified dealer network. Oh yeah, here's another fun fact. True Car customers can see if they're getting a good or great price before they buy. They're also more likely to enjoy a faster buying process when they connect with their True Car certified dealers. So when you're ready to buy that car, new or used, visit True Car and enjoy a better car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. This week on All of the Above with Norman Lear, Veep star Julia Louis-Dreyfus sits down with Norman and Paul. Well, you know, there wasn't a script when I was first talking to HBO about it. There wasn't a concept. And my, my agent had said to me, listen, they're developing this thing at HBO about an unhappy vice president, an unhappy female vice president. And I thought to myself, well, I got to get in on this action because mm-hmm. it's gold and it's so amazing that nobody's done it before. Listen today on the Podcast One app or subscribe at Apple Podcasts or on PodcastOne.com. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you learning ways to keep more of what you make. I want to talk to you about something involving birthday wishes in just a second. Whose birthday is it? Clark.com is our web address, not my birthday. Clarkdeals.com is where every day feels like it's your birthday. Because we hit you with deal after deal after deal to save you money. So Facebook is booming and has such a large network of people that they are in a position that when they see success elsewhere, they're like, hey, we got to do that too. The latest from Facebook is trying to do things like the funding pages where people raise money for someone with a disease and stuff like that. 
And so Facebook is adding a donate thing for personal fundraisers and therefore a number of things, education, medical procedures, an emergency in your life, funeral, loss, something like that. And Facebook takes 5% of the action when you do one of these things. That's why Facebook is pushing it so much for you to contribute. And the same issues here is what I've talked about in the past with GoFundMe kind of things. And with these things, and I'm sorry if the fee's wrong, it's almost 7% with Facebook. The problem with these things is, again, how do you know the need is really legit? And you need to be so careful before you donate money through any of these channels. And there are times that the cause is great. The certainty that it's going on is 100%. And you just want to help. And the nice thing of these formats is that if you're relying on somebody when they get home to remember to write a check and put it in an envelope and put a stamp on it and all that, it's likely not to happen. So through these formats, you end up being able to make the contribution and the money net of the service fees goes to the cause that you want to support. But, you know, there are better ways to do this if you really know the individual. You know, you can uh, give them Venmo money or PayPal money, and then there's no fee at all. If the real purpose is to help out a friend that you know, give them the money where all the money you give is going to go to that individual and the needs they have. And that's a much better way to do it than through the Facebook donation button or through the GoFundMe. Because remember, if you are being generous and giving that money to somebody you care about, have 100 cents on the dollar go to them, not 92 or 93 cents of each dollar go to them. Matt is with us. Matt, you have been on Craigslist. That is a dangerous place to be, isn't it? Yeah, you're telling me. What's happened to you on Craigslist? Well, basically, uh, what I was trying to do was I was trying to purchase a vehicle because I was, I was selling one. I wanted to replace it. And uh, I went on there, and I pretty much saw a deal that was pretty much too good to be true, but I checked it out anyway. The person was posing as military, and I'm military, so uh, that gained some trust right there. They were... It, the vehicle was great. They had pictures and everything, and the price was really low. I inquired on the vehicle. They told me that they were all the way out in Washington and that they would pay for shipping. And as soon as they said that, I, I kind of got a little a little suspicious. And I checked out the pictures a little closer, and I saw that there was no pictures at all of the odometer and no pictures of the VIN number. But they gave me a VIN number to check out. So I wrote back and, and inquired a little more, and pretty much the person stopped responding to me altogether. Uh, so basically, I went on to IC3, and I... 
well, I researched it first before I even wrote the person back. And I saw that, you know, the person wanted to go through eBay escrow and all this other stuff. And I was just like, uh, you know, I'm not sure about that. So I Googled it and I saw all these scams for yep. eBay escrow and I automatically threw it out the, threw it out the window. I wasn't interested anymore. Well, Matt, I am so glad that you did your homework because I've had so many people call me who didn't and then wanted to know how they were going to get their money back after being scammed. Do you know where the pictures come from? Uh, yeah, I actually had the email address, and I provided it to the IC3, and I, I submitted a complaint to them. And well, was, well, what I meant is, where does the scamster get the pictures? They go, they go and swipe them from somebody's legitimate posting on AutoTrader or, or eBay. Oh, uh, And then they okay. post those as if it's their car on Craigslist. They don't even own the car that they're pretending they're selling. So I'm so glad that uh, that you didn't get taken. It is, uh, is there going to be a warning put out at your base to warn others? Uh, yeah. But, but, well, what ticked me off more than anything was that the person was posing as military. Right. Talking about getting deployed and everything. So that really made me mad. And I went on. I even went on us.army.mil. And we have like a white page, uh, white pages thing set up to where we can look up anyone in the military as long as you have a first and last name. And I went on there and the name, you know, the name and rank of the person that they gave me didn't exist in the in the, uh, in the database either. So that right there, I knew it was fake for sure. You did a great job as a detective protecting yourself. And I get so many people who get taken by these people who are supposedly deploying and are ditching a car for a very, very, very low price. And no matter what story they tell you, it's always one big fat lie. But you close the loop so beautifully and stayed out of harm's way. I'm very impressed. Let's talk with John on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, John. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Great. Thank you, John. Good. My wife has a uh, TSA. She's a school teacher. She has put in uh, over 30 years, so she's eligible for retirement. And she's had uh, this TSA ever since she started. Now I see that uh, she's able to get uh, a Roth. So my question is, should she switch over from this TSA to a Roth account? So she, how much longer is she going to teach, John? I would say less than three years. All right. So I would say if she stops contributing to the teacher's annuity and her final three years of teaching does a Roth, that gives her some flexibility she would not have otherwise because three years of retirement money, she would be able to leave alone and let it just sit there till much later in retirement when the consequences of inflation might really start to pinch her or hurt her and being able to afford latter years of retirement. So it's kind of like a reserve that's a tax-free reserve for her down the road. The money that she's had in there over 30 years, which would be, uh, what does that make it, 90% of her money, would be subject to tax and would also be eligible to annuitize at the time that she retires or later. And if you are familiar with the annuitizing process, it creates kind of like her own pension they would pay her each and every month for the rest of her life or rest of her life and half her benefit for you for the rest of your life. Okay. Now, so does she I'd... have a pension also from teaching? Uh, yes. And how much of your living expenses do you think the pension will cover? Probably about a half. Okay. That's really important because that determines uh, how you're going to live otherwise. What other money would you live on? 
my my pension also. Oh, so you will be okay from that money. Right. All right. So that changes what I said about annuitizing early her annuity from her first 30 years of teaching. That money may be less best left to continue to grow since you can live on your pension income and wait till uh, necessary to make withdrawals from that much later in retirement. Our number is 877-87-CLARK. And uh, Clark is on the line. Are you the same Clark who called me several months ago and I was just so amazed that somebody had my same name? Yes, sir. Well, welcome back to the show. How are you you, doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Um, How can Clark be helpful to Clark? Well, I'll read you a little letter that I got in bold, if you don't mind, that starts with, this is an official mailing from the Department of Financial Services from the state in which I live, and they believe that I have unclaimed funds currently being held in the office, and they believe that I'm entitled to those funds, and they'd like to return them to me. They'd like me to fill out the attached form, um, and this is actually, and this is important, and I wanted to share it with you because this is what you say, it's actually free of charge. So there is no charge to return the funds. Okay. Are you sure this is the actual unclaimed property office in your state and not somebody trying to scam you? Okay. That's why I'm calling because they went, they gave me the email address. I went online and it looks extremely official. All right. Let me tell you how you can verify that it's the real one. First, I'd like uh, for anyone who's hearing us right now, to go to a website called missingmoney.com. Let me repeat that, missingmoney.com, to see if you might, being lucky as, as you are, Clark, to find money out there that you didn't know was there for you that could be from an ex-employer, an insurance policy, uh, or any of a number of reasons this money could be there. Utility deposit, who knows. But, if, but I have a different website I want you to go to. Okay. It is unclaimed... Dot org. And remember, it's an O-R-G, not a dot com. Mm-hmm. Go to unclaimed.org and click on the state that has sent you a letter. Okay. And you will be able, right at that website, to make sure that you are dealing with the real people. And odds are, this is not a scam. Odds are, they are the real people. But I'd like you to take that one additional step to verify. How much money do they say is there for you, Clark? It's $321. Great. Yes. Go get the money if it's real. And there's billions upon billions upon billions of dollars sitting unclaimed in the hands of states all over the country. Also money sitting with the federal government through the Federal Housing Administration FHA loan program. And if they've got money for you, just ask for it. Steve is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Steve. How are you doing? Hello, Clark. How are you doing today? Wonderful. Thank you. How can I be of service to you today, Steve? Well, I wanted to say real quickly, you know, yours is a financial show, but that's not the exact reason I listen. I've gained a lot of knowledge, but you guys run such a great show, and it's very entertaining, and 99.9% of the time, it's very uplifting, but... Well, uh, well I, really I appreciate that because I consider myself the dullest person on radio. 
No, no. You all you guys do a great job and your website. But but the reason I was calling, I have a son who has autism. He's about twenty six now, works at a major he's very high functioning, but he is considered disabled and does receive money uh SSI, I think it is from the government. I'm actually the stepdad, but I'm I'm trying to advocate a little bit and he has a you know uh a four oh one with a major food chain that he uh, grocery store that he works for. But I want to get him started in, you know, uh, uh, some more investments, but I, I, I can't touch the money. We can't touch the money. His mom is a conservatorship, and so all that money is allocated every month. But I wondered if he could open a separate checking account where the money that he makes just goes into that account, and then that money can be pulled out to be put into a fund uh, retirement or just a regular individual mutual fund for his future. What an interesting question. So this is this is money that he can put into a retirement account, have it grow through the years, yes. and then when he's much older it would be available for him to use. Yeah, then his brothers and sisters, see they would they would have the added incentive not only of being uh, brothers and sisters and doing the right thing, but he would probably be worth a million or so and that's always a great incentive, isn't it? Yeah, yes it is. So he would be eligible for a Roth IRA because he is having earned income at the grocery yes. store. Yes. So he could absolutely do that, and he could put up to $5,500 in a year. Does he earn substantially more than that in a year, or how nah, much? Four, four or $500, maybe $400 a month. I was just very concerned with the... The, obviously, the money that he gets from the from the government, he would not be able to. I would never want to get that. I'm trying to figure out how to do it without ever getting those two commingled. Commingled, you know, yeah. You know. So if the money from so he gets uh, four to five hundred dollars a month working at the supermarket, is that right? Yes. Yeah. Right. So he can never put into a Roth over the course of a year more than he makes in a year, but it's segregated out. It's its own separate account. You tend to do that with an investment house. You know, I've got my favorite low-cost ones, what I call my favorite children. Oh, I'm, I'm on them. I'm yeah. in them. I All already right. know them. I'm, I'm, I'm good there. So. so setting up the Roth would be a great way for him to have tax-free growth of money that he could use uh, 33 years down the road. Yes. But you don't see any problem with him receiving money for his disability from the government, as long as it's always kept separate. Exactly. Well, okay. You know that that money. Uh, gosh. So we're getting pretty technical here. Yeah, I know, but there's I know, but there's really no issue with the fact that he is getting SSI money, and he's also got a job. The eligibility for the Roth is established by the fact that he has a job and he has earned okay. income. Yeah. And so that money is allowed to go into the Roth. And so that's a great place to stash it. And the the key rule is no more than either the lesser of $5,500 or his earnings in a year. And he's good to go. Okay. Now, okay, here's, here's a complicating factor, though, as I'm sitting here talking to you, is that with the Roth, he will ultimately have access to the money. Oh, I didn't think about that. (laughs) And so that is an issue, is that 
if you're worried about how he would be able to handle that, that's a problem with that as an idea. Oh, we'll set that up. We, my, my son's, my son, my father, his father-in-law is a, is an attorney. So, okay. I'm okay. <laughs> we'll all get right. all that set up. Then I will but not worry about that. Someday with a disability, but if he's worth a million, he's not going to need the disability anyway. Got it. And, uh, how great it is that he's able to be out there working. It's probably yeah. great for him to be working. And I love that the employer is so cooperative and giving him the opportunity for employment. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports this podcast. When it comes to the big decision of choosing a mortgage lender, it's important to work with someone you can trust, someone who's got your best interests in mind. And with Rocket Mortgage, you'll get a transparent online process that gives you the confidence to make an informed decision. Don't waste time searching through stacks of paperwork. With Rocket Mortgage, you can securely share your financial info to get a mortgage approval in just minutes. You can even adjust the rate and length of your loan in real time to make sure that you get the mortgage solution that's right for you. So whether you're looking to buy a home or refinance your existing mortgage, you can lift the burden of getting a home loan with Rocket Mortgage. Skip the bank. Skip the waiting. Go completely online at quickenloans.com slash save. That's quickenloans.com slash S-A-V-E. Let Rocket Mortgage help you get the exact mortgage solution that you need. Go to quickenloans.com slash save. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. NMLSconsumeraccess.org number 3030. Thanks for joining us here on the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can keep more of what you make. And by the way, as a way of stretching that dollar, ClarkDeals.com keeps growing and growing and growing where you're able to get so many bargains that, hey, you're not going to know about otherwise, likely. And there's something I need to know from you that I'm not going to know unless you do something. At Clark.com, we have a section called Clark Stinks. It's where you let me know you disagree with me, you feel I'm giving bad advice, you feel I've got biases built in that are clouding my judgment, I need to know where you feel I'm missing the mark because, let's face it, I'm not funny, I'm not entertaining, all I have is the trust that I hopefully have earned from you over the years. And so if you feel I'm missing a beat or I'm wrong, that starts to chip away at that trust. And that's why you taking the time to post at Clark Stinks is so important for me. And Krista, our producer, goes through your posts on Clark Stinks, and then each week reads some of them here on the air. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. All right, let's get right into it because there are a lot of Clark Stinks to read today. Let's do it. Clark should research more before recommending based on price. 
I have lost trust in Clark's recommendations with him advocating online glasses. I'm for saving money just as much as anyone, but there is a lot to be said for quality. There's a lot more to a pair of glasses than the numbers on the prescription. Just ask someone who has worn a pair of glasses that were correct according to the numbers, but were made incorrect by a prescription placement or wrong choice in material, etc. And prices are going up because of insurance, not because the store is making large profits. When insurance pays less than half the allowance they're actually giving you, there is no choice except to price the product high enough to actually pay the cost to bring it into the store. I would urge Clark to research the industry a little more before he recommends, but his lack of research in this area has caused me to question his research in many other areas in which he provides opinions. I now wonder if his opinions are just about what is cheapest and not about what is best. To be fair, it's been several years since I've heard this. Very strong recommendations for, since I've heard his very strong recommendations for online glasses. Maybe his views have changed, but I stopped listening. Well, does that fit with what I said as the preamble to why (laughs) we have the Clark Stinks board? So, I don't just throw out opinions about this, about using Zenny or anything like that, or Warby Parker, or going to get glasses at Costco. You know, part of that is cross-referencing based on what Consumer Reports has found in terms of overall experience that people have and customer satisfaction in getting eyeglasses. And in the most recent survey, for the first time, I think, ever, Costco came in as the best place to get glasses. According to extensive survey research by Consumer Reports, And it had never come in above independent doctors of optometry, but this time it did. Doctors of optometry, though, still right up there just behind Costco. The surprise this time was Zenni, Z-E-N-N-I Optical, which is the one that is the largest market share of people buying extremely inexpensive prescription glasses overseas because they come from China through San Francisco and a pair of glasses is as cheap as $10, frames lens is complete, is Zenni came in fifth in the survey for overall satisfaction. And that that really speaks to the influence of price on people in getting glasses and the fact that they're happy with the glasses they've gotten. Dear Mr. Howard. Ah. Oh. As as a fellow member of the Short Arms Deep Pockets Club, I feel it's my duty to help keep money in my fellow listeners' pockets. Your advice to the woman interested in setting up a Credit Karma account after she had already frozen her credit was wrong, wrong, wrong. As someone who lives in a state who has to pay $5 to each bureau to thaw my credit, I was intrigued by their free tax prep software this year. But having been a longtime listener of your show, my credit was already frozen. Rather than unfreezing both the TransUnion and Experian accounts, as you indicated on your broadcast, I unfroze only the TransUnion account, and lo and behold, my account was activated almost immediately. In the future, please provide accurate information so we don't have to pay for your smelly advice. Really enjoy listening to the show and keep, keep doing what you do, Andrew. Andrew, you just taught me something. I had no idea... That to activate a Credit Karma account, you only have to thaw one of the bureaus. And so that is great news. TransUnion's the easiest because they've been part of the Credit Karma system from the very beginning. 
And Credit Karma, if you're not familiar, gives you free access to credit scores and free credit monitoring just by registering with them. And this past tax season provided Credit Karma tax that allowed people of any income to file, to prepare and file their tax returns for nothing. Something stinks here, and I'm sure it's not the lack of aftershave. I see that on this on Clark's site, Clark.com, Haven Life is recommended as a place to get term life insurance. They well may be a great insurance company, yet Clark has said on several occasions to never, ever, not ever let someone auto-draft your checking account, yet it is the only method of payment available. What gives? Alex. Alex, what a great question. The life insurance industry does business that way. And I'm so glad you absorbed the, the advice from me to never, not ever allow the draft of a checking account. And I guess the life insurance thing, because this would happen with auto draft with any life insurer, they're going to require that it come from a checking account instead of from a credit card would be auto charged. And so my advice on that is that you set up a free online checking account that you put in enough money to fund your Haven Life Insurance Policy or that from any other insurer so that your principal money in your regular operating account is not at risk. If you set up a free checking account, it won't cost you anything, but the safety it provides to you is huge. The Rough Rider Stake gets no love from Clark. Come on, Clark, 49 out of 50? It's like the Atlanta Falcons got the ball down to the two-yard line, then quit playing. Oops, sorry to resurrect bad memories. What did the Peace Garden State ever do to you? According to Wikipedia, it is the least visited state. You can hike the Mada Hay Trail, follow in the footsteps of Lewis and Clark, partake of of North America's largest Scandinavian festival, the wonderful Norsk Hostfest, or better yet, host a Clark Howard session for the airmen at... Is it Mino Air Force Base? My not. My not. Okay. Uh, South Dakota has the Sturgis Motorcycle Rally. North Dakota should have the annual Clark Howard electric slash hybrid car rally. You drive your Tesla. I'll drive my Prius. Together we'll unite your few but loyal followers. Just be warned, the winners can be brutal. Thrifty. Well, the greatest thing about going to North Dakota now is that uh, staying in North Dakota is cheaper because of the cyclical nature of the oil business. So I should go and pick up my 50th state. Do you remember when I was doing the show at HLN and I was supposed to go to North Dakota and I had a conflict and couldn't go? We were going to go up there and profile the people that were living in their cars because it was oil boom time Mm -hmm. in North Dakota. And so again, star-crossed getting to North Dakota. I disagree with you, Clark, about school start times for teens needing to be later. I raised three teens who all had a bedtime of 8.30 p.m. on nights before a school day. Friday and Saturday bedtimes were later. I cooked and served them breakfast before school each day, so they had a nutritious meal at 6 a.m. Because of this school night schedule, they were not out and about getting in trouble. They were at home and in bed. On occasions, they may be up later, Wednesday evening due to church or if they had a project or big assignment on which to work. Teens also need to be prepared for the real world where college classes and jobs start early. I appreciate that. I, you know, for me, the thing about teens, you, you were able to come up with a system that worked very well in your house, and I commend you for that. 
you know, the circadian rhythms of how teens sleep is different than the rest of the age dispersion of the population. And so teens, to me, present a special case where they would do better if they went to bed later and got up later because of their natural sleep cycles. In fact, I would encourage you to ask your three kids that are now adults if they would have preferred to be able to sleep later and get up later. I don't know what they'd say, but I do feel that kids will perform better if high schools do start later. But I'm so glad you had a system that worked perfectly in your house. Clark, I've been a loyal listener for over seven years, and from time to time you get a caller that is trying to get a child off to college but may have waited too long to start saving, or an adult child calls wanting to attend school but is short thousands after the amount they can borrow through federal, the federal loan program is reached. I have a suggestion that I've never heard you mention. Drum roll, please. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Drum roll? Okay, we got it. Join the U.S. military. There are several programs once you join that can pay for college with just a four-year contract. I retired retired from naval service and transferred my post-9-11 GI Bill to my daughter. She is using it now to attend a state school, receiving a housing allowance and $1,000 a year book stipend. Properly managed, the housing allowance pays for her dorm and meal plan. It's a great deal. Every service member is offered this opportunity. I chose to transfer mine. My spouse is a Navy dentist and sought out a scholarship that paid for the last two years for dental schooling at the University of Michigan. There are several of these opportunities out there for people going to school to be a nurse or medical doctor as well. These require a four-year commitment after they finish school. Let's not forget ROTC programs or of the, or the service academies. Both require a four- to five-year commitment, but your education is free. Keep up the great work, Clark, and keep mentioning the benefits of service to your country. Matt. Matt, thank you so much for your service, and I appreciate that post so much, and you're right. I don't mention the trade-off, the wonderful thing, serving our country, and then the payback of the college education. In medicine, there is a strong guideline that one should never order a test unless the test will change what is going to be done. Both in research and in clinical practice, physicians look at what unintended consequences of a test or intervention might be, and we all know that harm is not all harm is physical. There are good examples of when genetic testing is appropriate. For example, testing for breast cancer genes may lead to early mammography and and resultant identification with treatment of breast cancer. If there is no plan for using the results of genetic testing, then the test results may only produce worry in people and perhaps an undue sense of guilt for things that have already occurred. While you said you can handle it, you you also reported that your results showed no genetic markers for problems that you may have given to your children. Your response may have been different had your test results shown problems present. This is one of the most difficult ethical medical things that we face as individuals is the technology available today does give us access to information that may in fact be too hard for us to handle. And I really appreciate that post. And this is something that Um, I certainly don't have the right answer on, and I appreciate your response on it. 
I've been listening to your podcast nonstop for a couple of weeks now while I'm in the car. And last night I had a dream that I was at your house and you talked me into trying your Dorco razor. I tried it and was amazed how well it worked. And I was going on and on about how right you were and how great it was. I'm now thinking maybe it's time to cut back on your show or you need to cut back on talking about your razors. What is your advice on this one? Love your show, Tom. Tom, I think you're so right. We have so overdone the razor thing lately. And we will... Other than in response to a call, we will let that lie dormant for a while. Till I mean, at least six months till I need another blade. Want to hear from you? Please go to Clark.com, go to Clark Stinks, and let me know where you feel I'm missing the mark. Jermaine is with us. You're listening to the Clark Howard Show with Jermaine's question about getting injured in an accident. Is that right, Jermaine? No, that's not quite right, Howard, oh. but thank you for taking my call, and sure. I'll, I'll tell you the situation. Um, I was standing at a red light in the center lane and waiting for it to turn, go straight forward, and a tractor trailer came alongside of me on the left, and when he got the green arrow, he proceeded and sideswiped my entire car. So uh, his insurance, you know, he got the ticket, of course, and uh, his insurance is going to take care of all the costs in the rental car. And the agent had said to me, uh, would you like the initial payment to go to you so that you have some control over what goes on with the car repair, or do you want me to uh, send it to to the um, auto repair shop without your intervention? So I wasn't sure which uh, option would be most beneficial to me. He was very nice to make the offer, I thought. My belief, you don't want to have the check coming to you. Okay. Because often with a repair to a vehicle, there will be damage that is not apparent at first. Yes. If they send you a flat amount, then later you're the one trying to seek restitution for the full cost of the repair. If you picked where you want to have it repaired, and your story, I must tell you, is one of the best I've ever heard about somebody being in any kind of tangle with a tractor-trailer truck. Nobody hurt, just property damage to deal with. That's great. I'm knocking on wood for you. Thank you. And so you want the check to go to the body shop. You want any negotiations that might be required for additional funds to be between the insurance adjuster and the body shop with you out of the picture. Well, that's excellent advice, Clark. I appreciate hearing that. And thank goodness the trucker had good insurance, and everybody's taking care of you as they should. And again, nobody hurt. Okay, you're a human, which means you've done laundry some point in your life. And you know what a hassle it can be separating the laundry, preparing, doing multiple loads? It's not fun. Well, Home Depot might have a solution that makes it easy, really. They have the new Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry Washer and Dryer Pair. These innovative appliances are the first ever to allow you to wash two loads and dry two loads of laundry at the same time in the same machine. So when you do the laundry, you don't have to mix different colors and fabrics together and destroy your clothes. Flex Wash integrates a large capacity lower washer for everyday washes and then an additional washer for separate colors and delicates. And the Flex Dry integrates a large tumble dryer for everyday items and a flat dryer for your delicates. You wash one load, you dry one load, everything's done. 
And both the washer and dryer have a number of innovative features that make laundry super easy, like the Flex Wash offers a steam wash option for removing stains and a self-clean to keep the water odor-free. And Flex Dry features multi-steam to steam away odors and wrinkles, while Sensor Dry optimizes drying temperatures to avoid damage to your clothes. It's technology you can really appreciate. And both are Wi-Fi connected, which allows you to set and start the machines and receive alerts when a load is finished. Together, the Flex Wash and Flex Dry offer the ultimate flexibility to provide the best possible care for your clothes. So get to Home Depot now and check them out. The Samsung Flex Wash and Flex Dry washer and dryer pair. Stay tuned for 60 seconds of AP News headlines right after this podcast. It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show where it's all about you learning ways to save more and spend less. And don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our website. And by the way, if you've missed some of our show this week or whenever, remember we have our podcasts available. They are free, and you can catch up on what you've missed tuning into. And when you listen to podcasts, most often, where are you listening? On your phone. You worry about how much data you're using? Not so much anymore. Now that unlimited plans are so widely available, it's a game changer. Isn't it ironic that many of the people that provide home internet service have tight data caps, and if you go over, you get hit with frightening overages, huge bill shock kind of bills. And now the cell phone providers... Started by T-Mobile, everybody's had to match. Now we're offering unlimited data. You know, it's funny because Verizon, which is always charged by far the most for cell phone service, started losing huge numbers of customers. Huge. And... They stubbornly would not do unlimited data. And people kept leaving one after another, after another, after another. And finally they were like, wow, I guess people really want to have unlimited data. And now Verizon's advertising it like it was their idea. Family of four, 180 a month plus junk fees. Verizon, AT&T had to respond They're doing unlimited data again because they lost hundreds of thousands of customers. And so you have spoken. And now if you live by yourself, probably makes a lot of sense for you to dump having a home internet connection and rely on unlimited data from your cell phone provider. You now, with a Chromecast, very simple device, you can plug into the USB port of your TV. In just minutes, you can set it up, and then you can stream right from your phone directly to your TV and use your phone as your remote and not have to worry about some data cap from the people that provide you internet at your home, you have the unlimited data 
from the cell phone carrier. Now, your cell phone carrier gives you a choice. You can either get standard def video or pay generally a little bit higher fee and have high def video casting from your phone to your TV. It's just a matter of how cheap you are. Now, I am always willing to accept lower quality for a lower price. And in this case, I am not paying extra to have the high-def video. Not my thing. Jody is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Jody. How are you doing? Good. How are you, Clark? Good. Thank you, Jody. How can I be of service to you? Well, I need your opinion. Um, I have a 2003 car. My husband drives a 2006 car. My car has 104,000 miles and his has 76,000 miles. They are both paid in full. I think my car is going to last longer than his, but I just don't know if I should be looking to get another used car to, uh, you know, a newer one, or if we should just keep driving these and see how it goes. Well, I mean, think who you're asking this question to. <laughs> what do you think I'm going to say? <laughs> these that cars, cars probably a baby, right? Well, they're they're let's call them teenagers, because <laughs> if you go back in time, and you don't have to go that far back, about the mid '80s, when a car hit a hundred thousand miles on it, it was done, right? And that's just not true anymore. Cars are routinely lasting a quarter million miles now. Oh, and wow. And the average age of a car on the road today is, depending on whose survey you believe, is between 12 and 13 years now. The oldest the average car has been. Now, remember, that's average. Right. So there are cars that are substantially older than 12 years old on the road that are still running fine, maybe not looking fine, but they're still running fine. So it's a it's a very different time in terms of how many miles you can turn over on that odometer. And right. we, ha- we have a, a 12-year-old Honda van mm-hmm. that looks horrible. <laughs> it looks like, well, you know, I've got kids, so it looks like a rolling <laughs> trash pit. Yes. The paint has faded on the outside, and mm-hmm. it is... A fantastically reliable vehicle and it's got years and years to go i think and at some point it'll croak and it'll be by the side of the road (laughs) but it's only a matter of are you do you want something new you've kept these cars long enough that from an economic standpoint you have you've squeezed the orange enough or lemon right. or whatever fruit. My car like. we bought brand new. Sorry? So we are the original owners of that car, and it is wonderful, and I love it. I just don't want it breaking down somewhere, you know? I just went, like, how much longer will it go? Well, I don't have that perfect crystal ball, but <laughs> with 76,000 and 104,000 miles on these cars, respectively, that's not a lot. Okay. So uh, you have one vehicle, the... You have the older Honda CRV, is that right? Yep. And those have proven to be extremely reliable over time. Your other vehicle, which I will not name because it gets an absolutely atrocious reliability record. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, I saw that on Consumer Report. That one, and by <laughs> reputation, it has an awful reliability record. That one is probably going to, even though it's newer, is probably going to be the one that dies first. But, okay. But I think that unless you want something new, you keep driving what you have. Ralph is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Ralph. Hello there, Clark. How you doing? Fine. How are you today? Good, thanks. Good. Okay, let's get into it. Uh, my uh, wife and I have a credit card that offers free trip cancellation and trip interruption insurance. For each trip, we are insured for $5,000 each, and the maximum amount of reimbursement is 10000 per trip. Okay, there now that's no the good news. Yes, that is the good news. You want to know the bad news? Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. The bad news with any of these offers is the terms and conditions are extremely uh, difficult. You have to jump through every hoop just right okay. in order to take advantage of these. Are you, are you looking at this as an alternative to buying a separate trip cancellation, trip interruption policy? Absolutely, yes. Okay. And that, that's okay because the independent trip cancellation, trip interruption policies – They've got some gotchas to them as well. Okay. So I just want you to know the way they tout these plans, though, makes them seem like they are just the greatest peace of mind. I see. But you need to read the actual mice type for each part of it that seems very important to you. I see. But it's not, it's not like it's a bad thing. It's a great thing because you know what they're trying to do. Yeah, yes, they're just trying to drum up business, of course. Yeah, because travel tends to be some of the most expensive things people ever purchase on a credit card. Mm-hmm, yeah. And travel purchases, more often than most any other kind of purchase, end up being large enough that the bill is not paid in full when the bill comes in. Okay. And yeah. even people who might normally pay a balance in full will run up interest charges as they take several months to pay off the cost of a trip. So, Moneymaker, yes. So having the lure of special privileges that come with travel, like car rental coverage or having the, um, the trip interruption, trip cancellation coverage, is great. Now, how do they do the um, – do they actually offer trip cancellation, trip interruption? Uh, for uh, it, prob- it looks like it's for practically every situation with the exception of uh, – any pre-existing medical conditions that may have uh, uh, cancel or interrupt the uh, trip. Okay, now Krista just gave me the terms and conditions of the policy. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't see where it covers trip cancellation, trip interruption. Okay, this is a, uh, a special card, I think, and I don't want to mention the name at this point. And... Uh, there's, I have a booklet I received about a year ago, April 2014. That, Hope not on April Fool's Day. <laughs> April, yes, that, yeah. pretty much. Well, it's, let's see, it's yeah. April 11th. And it, it, it's, there is a specific uh, area in the booklet that, that covers trip cancellation and trip interruption. Well, then I think that's great. Just read what you must do. Many times you must inform them of a problem within 72 hours. You can't wait till you get back or deal with it later. See what uh, what the time 
notification requirement is and what exclusions there are. But yes, that could potentially be an adequate replacement for buying a separate policy, and it comes baked into the cake of the card. And Stephanie's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Stephanie. Hey there. How are you doing? I'm good, and um, I'm glad that you let me be on your show, and I have a question. Yes. Um, it's about credit freezing. I just broke all, all three of my credit, um, I guess, accounts today online, but I'm still concerned about other ways that criminals can, um, I guess, if they screw me over. If they can't get my my um, credit report, what else can they do instead to get around that? Or All right, or so else? you want me to take you into the full realm of paranoia, Stephanie? <laughs> yeah. I will do it because, okay. okay, so you freeze your credit, you eliminate so many, most of the issues involved with identity theft, except for... If somebody were to use a fake driver's license who is a criminal who is trying to stay under the radar with the police and they, at random, pick your identity as the one they're going to have a fake driver's license for, and when they are taken into custody by the police, they tell them they're you. Okay. That's the worst possible. It is relatively rare especially rare compared to traditional identity theft but that is the one thing that doing credit freeze will not have any benefit or effect on okay other things filing a false tax return is if they are you that one the credit freeze has not helped to prevent so that would be the first is the scariest the second more common Okay. And there may be scattered other things, but the credit freeze is the most effective tool, and you've made a good choice because it does give you the highest level of protection in a society where banks no more, no more know their customer, no longer know who they're doing business with. Oh, wow. Okay. So good for you, and thank you so much for checking in. And the credit freeze process... A pain to do, easy to do, or in between? On two of them, I did it. I did them both online. The third one, I think it was Excelsion or something like that. Um, that one was harder to do. I had to actually call in to do. Experian. Experian, yes. Yeah, make sure you get them mailing you something where in the future, if you need to thaw, you're able to do so quickly online instead of by mail. Corey is with us. Hello, Corey. How are you today? Good. How are you, Clark? Great. Thank you. Corey, how can I serve you? Well, I've got a question um, for you about credit. Uh, I currently am 19 and uh, looking to move out uh, my own for the first time. And I'm looking into some apartments that uh, require about a 600 credit score. I know that's not a real high credit score, but my problem is uh, I really don't have any credit built up. Uh, I've got a loan on a vehicle that I've been paying for two years, but it's been in one of my parents' names. And um, I've basically been told that there's no real way to switch that to my name to build my credit. So unless I go to a dealership and try to trade in and go through that process. Oh, yuck. Helpless, exactly. Yeah. And uh, I uh, was told probably the best route would try to be just go to my bank 
and get a credit card and wait six months. But I didn't know if you had any advice on building credit quickly. Yeah, I'm, I want to talk about the alternative. First of all, at 19, being able to stand on your own two feet and be independent is very impressive. Nobody does that anymore. That wasn't impressive two generations ago. Now that's a big deal that you're going out there on your own, Corey. Thank you. Usually when you are doing that and you don't have credit established yet, you're going to find that your best path is instead of renting from a traditional apartment complex, rent from an individual, rent from somebody or a room in their own home, rent something where you're not going to go through the traditional apartment application process. So your first place is one that you don't have to worry about that. And then while you're living in that first place, go through the many months that you're going to have to do to start establishing your own credit and your own credit score. What would you say the best route for going about, if I was to uh, go that route, what would be the best route to establish Absolute best is to join a credit union, and credit unions often most have a fresh start program or a new a thing where they help a new account holder, either someone who's never had credit or someone who had a history of bad credit, establish credit. And so credit unions do it a, a number of different ways that offer these fresh start programs but usually what they'll do is you open an account with the credit union, you put money in a savings account, and they issue you a small limit Visa or MasterCard, which within 60 days is reporting the credit bureau and very quickly will get you that credit identity and a score in the 600s. Okay. But it's um, not going to be overnight, which is why as an initial rental, you know, there can be somebody who has a home they haven't been able to sell that they're renting, or somebody who's renting out an apartment over a garage or something like that that's better than trying to go to a traditional apartment complex. Because at this point, you would have to have a co-signer for that apartment lease because you don't have the credit identity yet. Thanks for listening to the Clark Howard Podcast. Download new episodes every Monday through Friday at podcastone.com. That's podcastone.com. Here's an interesting fact for you. There are nearly one million new books published in the U.S. alone every year. One million. So if you like to read, how do you choose what you're going to read? Well, that's where Fully Booked by Kirkus Reviews comes in. You see, Kirkus has been one of the top book review publications for over 80 years. They do a deep dive on thousands of titles every year, including interviewing best-selling authors and telling you what might be the hot new release before everyone else knows. So figure out what your next read is going to be. Download Fully Booked right now on the Podcast One app at Apple Podcasts or at PodcastOne.com. Hey, have you heard about that great new podcast called Fan Club? It's a short series that explores why we love what we love. In each episode, you're going to hear amazing, brilliant people across the pop culture landscape. There's musicians, artists, fashion designers, chefs, even scientists, all talking about how their work is being experienced today and how they think it'll be experienced in the future. So don't miss it. Make sure you subscribe to Fan Club now at vbybiacom.com slash fan club or wherever you listen to your podcasts. What we're learning about the Manchester bomber. I'm Rita Foley with an AP News Minute. The father of the alleged Manchester suicide bomber says his son didn't do it. 
We don't believe in killing innocents, he told the AP. But the father reportedly was a member of an al-Qaeda-backed group in Libya years ago. That, according to a former Libyan security official. Meanwhile, police have carried out raids on a block of apartments in Manchester. Witnesses say they heard explosions. Alan Kinsey was a neighbor of the alleged bomber. The actual family that had been there, I'd, I'd never really come across them in bad ways. It was always, even when I said hello, they never seemed to speak back to you. He was just like, kept themselves to themselves, and that was about it. The British putting more military troops on the streets now as police say it's clear this is a network they're investigating. President Trump has arrived in Brussels for NATO meetings after a visit this morning with the Pope at the Vatican. I'm Rita Foley.